Welcome to the 68th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and captain to the Spider-Man No Way Home tugboat, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? Simon Eady, hello. Obi- oh, j- Qui- hey. Qui-Gon Jin? Qui-Gon, it goes quite well. I don't know why I, I'm... I- I, I, mi- I mixed it up. I mixed it up today. But, you know, there's good reason for that, Simon. Maybe you weren't ready. Maybe you weren't ready. Maybe I should have given you a beat before we started. No, I was ready. Uh, it's it's just, Simon, are you ready? I got a story to tell you today. Oh, <laughs> yes. Tell me. Okay. So I woke up this morning. That's that's good. And my dog, she, Miss Eleanor, my, my daughter, she, uh, she ran downstairs my little Ellie belly jumped on my bed. Mm-hmm. And then my sister's dog, Bruno, he like came downstairs as well. He was like, I want to hang out with you guys. You know, it's like eight 40 in the morning. Like I'm just getting up and, uh, you know, Bruno wants to come on the bed and Ellie's just being, you know, she's just being her typical self, a little jealous self, a little bit rude. And I'm like, come on, Ellie, like, let, let Bruno on. So, you know, I like, kind of move her over and Bruno jumps on the bed. And as Bruno jumps on the bed, Ellie standing up straight is pregnant. No, she got uh, spayed. Bruno's babies. Oh, she, she's she's been spayed. Sorry. Um. Okay. She she was uh would be wild if she still got pregnant though. Yeah, arguably impossible. It'd be a miracle, Simon. It'd be a miracle, a God given miracle. Anyways, so she's standing up straight and then just falls over. Oh no! Right onto me, and her thick skull lands right on my nose, Simon Edie. Oh shit! And I hear a big crack. I'm like, oh my God, Ellie, are you okay? She stands up. She's wagging her tail. I'm like, if Ellie's okay, I reach for my nose and I press in on it and it has a little crack and it's immensely painful. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. So I get up, I get out of bed and I walk to my bathroom and I turn on the bathroom light and Simon, believe it or not, my nose is fucking crooked, man. It is, (laughs) it has... I, it didn't break. So I went to the hospital because I'm like, oh, my God, my nose is crooked. Like I was like, and it cracked and it's in a lot of pain. So I'm like at the hospital. I'm there for, for hours. And they finally do an x-ray. And they're like, no, like it seems like your nose is okay. I'm like, yeah, but it's, you know, it's crooked. Like my nose is crooked. And he's like, yeah, like it might be the swelling, you know, like it might be like a small fracture or whatever. But uh, we'll send like a referral to like a nose and throat specialist who will get in contact with you and then set an appointment within the next 10 to 14 days. Okay, like I feel like we should do something about this now, ideally, because I have a crooked nose and it's very, like, it's very evident. Like, I had a perfectly symmetrical face before Simon. You knew it. You've seen it. Um, and well, now my my. I mean, you're no Tom Cruise, but oh, that's a fair point. I don't think anyone's like Tom Cruise's miraculously symmetrical face. Yeah, uh, I, incredible. Uh, if you're uh, if you're listening out there. And you're not Tom Cruise. You should look at a photo of Tom Cruise smiling. Yeah. Just Google it. If you are Tom Cruise, just go in the mirror. Just go to the mirror. Yeah, just exactly. Yeah. Just look in the mirror. But uh, yeah, so my nose, thankfully, like it didn't bleed. It doesn't seem to be all that bruised. There's like a light mark on it, but it is uh, in a painful condition. Like if I touch it, it hurts quite a bit. 
the inside of my left nostril is pretty much clogged at this point. Like it, it makes like a like. Okay, I get it. Because because the cartilage, I guess, like broke into it, so it's like narrower, narrow, more narrow passageway. And uh, yeah, huh. that's uh, that was my morning. But it didn't break though. I guess not. That, that's what they said. You used the word "broke into it," didn't you? Sorry, did I mishear? No, I thought that it would be broken, and then and then I followed with it wasn't broken. No, the the cartilage broke into it. Sorry, I thought that's what you said. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. I don't know. It felt like it broke. I don't know. It's it's crooked, Simon. I just see what, yeah. what's on the outside, and I can make that noise because of it. Damn, this is a crazy story. It's crazy that your nose would be crooked, but it's not broken. I, you, I don't. Know. I was very confused I've as well. I've never heard of that. Yeah, me, me neither. I wonder if that's what happened to Owen Wilson. Yeah, maybe. But I feel like Owen Wilson broke his nose at some point, right? Like that happened. He must have. Yeah, he must have. There's no way. Like you just have like a nose like that, and it just like it's never been broken. It just slowly morphed over time. Yeah, that story's crazy. Yeah, that's. But now I'm sitting here, Simon. I'm wondering, like, is my nose going to be crooked forever? When when I get this call for this nose and throat referral doctor person, are they going to like realign it? Are they just going to be like, oh, just let it heal? And when it heals, is it going to be crooked? If they do have to realign it, what does that process look like? Is that going to be incredibly yeah. painful? I imagine it will be. Do they have to actually break it and then reform it? That's what so I that don't know. Great. That's what I'm worried about. That's what they have to do, right? If you're... Your nose breaks and you don't reset it, and then it kind of heals funny, and you have to kind of break it again. I think so. I think that's I think that's a thing. I'm not a doctor though, so I mean, don't quote me on that. I think you are, yeah. But um, yeah, so that 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 was my morning. I still fed Ellie. I, I was really angry at her for about uh, a minute, and she was just like chilling, just like following me. Had no idea what just happened, wagging her tail. I'm like, you're too darn cute to be angry at. So then I fed her. I I did I got her little bowl full of food and put it down. She sat there patiently. I gave her the little kiss on the head, and she went along and ate her food. But and then she, when you bent down to kiss her on the head, she suddenly reared up at you and and then broke it. Now and now I, I said left nostril the entire time, but it's actually been the right nostril because she she broke it the other way. Yeah, let's hear that one. Breathe in. See, no, I'm I'm kidding. That one I can actually breathe in proper. Yeah, that one. Just kind of sounds like you have COVID a little bit. Doesn't. Well, yeah, this is not the most pleasant listening um, I'd imagine for audience members. So we should maybe move on. Yeah. But uh, that's a crazy story. Wow. Wow. Wow, Adrian. Wow. All right. I mentioned that you're the captain of the No Way Home, Spider-Man No Way Home tugboat mm-hmm. this week. And uh, I'd like to point out Entertainment Weekly had a quote from tom holland in regards to spider-man no way home did you hear about this oh simon i did indeed hear about this it's quite an interesting one all right well this is what he said quote we were all treating spider-man no way home as the end of a franchise i think if we were lucky enough to dive into these characters again you'd be seeing a very different version it would no longer be the homecoming trilogy we would give it some time and try to build something different and tonally change the films whether that happens or not i don't know but we were definitely treating no way home like it was coming to an end, and it felt like it, unquote. Adrian, what do you make of this? This is an interesting one. Like, we both know that, you know, um, Sony was initially going to take back Spider-Man from Disney um, after uh, Far From Home, the second one with uh, with Jake Hall's Mysterio. And, um, you know, I, when, when that thing kind of like went, Felt, I guess, fell through. Like Sony didn't get it back, and they made a deal with Disney to keep him in the Marvel universe. Like everyone was like super excited about it. But I think 
all of us had it in the back of our head that this would probably be the last one. Um, With Tom Holland? Like, at least in the Marvel Universe sort of uh, That's sort not of really what he's saying, though. Is it? So this is my kind of confusion with it because i'm seeing like a lot online that people are being like oh like this is the perfect opportunity to bring in miles and do all of this sort of stuff but i don't really know like i feel like when he's talking about a very different version it would no longer be the homecoming trilogy i have a feeling like this is gonna morph into its own sony spider-man universe and kind of leave that marvel universe behind that's what i've been taking from this like what are you taking yeah it's interesting because we just saw venom let there be carnage. Mm-hmm. Not a good movie. And there was like hints of potential spinoff for you know Venom and Spider Man to potentially be in the same movie, like Tom Holland Spider Man. Mm-hmm. There's like a hint there. So like it's weird because Tom Holland, in my opinion, from what he's saying, is saying, "Hey, this is it for my Spider Man for a while. Like I won't be doing this. I won't be acting as Peter Parker for a while." That's kind of what I read it as. Mm-hmm. But it makes me think like I don't think he knows that he's just going to get hired right away by Sony. For like a Spider-Man Venom film, or will Venom be in Spider-Man No Way Home? I don't know. We, and this is the last we see a Spider-Man. Yeah, Tom Holland Spider-Man for a while because Venom eats him. He bites his head off in Spider-Man No Way Home, and that's why he's not returning as Spider-Man. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that right. wholeheartedly. Um. But yeah, I don't know. That's not what I mean. But yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying, man. I know what you're saying. You know what I'm webbing up. Lebbing up. Webbing up. Oh, I know what you're webbing up. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. The common catchphrase. Yeah, everyone says that. Mm-hmm. You know. You know what I'm webbing up. Hey. Hey, it's me, hey. Spider Man. You know what I'm webbing up over here. I love being Spider Man. Hey, Spider Man, do a flip. Okay, I'm Spider Man. I'm I'm webbing it up. Okay, that's enough. Also, a little bit of a, a little bit of a tidbit on Twitter. We had uh, Timothy Chalamet. He posted a photo of him as Willy Wonka. Did you see this, Adrian? I did. I did see the Timothy Chalamet uh, Willy Wonka photo. It uh, it looks interesting. It's funny. Um, ben Schwartz, um, who is probably best known for his role as Sonic the Hedgehog in the in the most recent live action Sonic movie, um, he uh, like retweeted that picture and just wrote, "This Wonka fucks." And uh, I find that pretty funny. But again, I'm I'm not really attached to uh, Willy Wonka, so I, I'm I don't know this this picture didn't really do nothing for me. I know the Paddington director is making this movie, which intrigues me. But again, I'm just I'm not really hyped for it. Interestingly, I just uh, I don't want to get too much into it because it's not really what I've been watching this week. But I did watch Paddington one again with my girlfriend who hadn't seen it, and uh, it's amazing. And I I. I just love all the little tidbits and little hints and little details they put into the movie, like Paul King puts into the movie. It's very like referential of itself in in its funny ways, and mm-hmm. like it would make quick shots, like that moment with the orphanage, how they're like making the orphanage look like this dire place, mm-hmm. and then it's like not an orphanage, but a a place where children go to be safe. And then they like the, they just basically pop over to the picture of the orphanage, orphanage again, but the sign now says a, a place where people go to be safe. Yeah. But it still looks as haunted as it did on the first shot. I, I just found like a lot of that stuff, it kind of reminded me actually most of all of Wes Anderson movies in a funny way and the quirky quirky nature of the way it was done. And the way that, I don't know, even the, the way they use the band, the band was in multiple places in London throughout the... Throughout the movie, I really liked that. It was awesome. And again, it felt kind of Wes Anderson-y mm-hmm. in the, the cutesy nature of it. 
And then I really did like, and this has nothing to do with Wes Anderson, but the way they made the city, a, a, like, a, a, again, a character. Um, I just love it. I love it so much. It's so good. And I think Paul King's really good, and I think he's really a good choice for the Willy Wonka movie, honestly. I think that's a really good choice. And I really implore you to see the Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka, and the Chocolate Factory. I hope you watch it because it, I think it's worth it. It's, I think it's relatively short, too. Color me implored, Simon. Color me implored. Yeah, okay. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. Yeah. And um, just briefly, I guess, I don't know if you looked at this uh, or have much take on this, but uh, Willie, uh, Willie, Willie Shatner, another Willie. Ah, uh, yeah. Willie Shatz, as we call him here. Willie Shatz. <laughs> William Shatner, the great Canadian um, Captain Kirk, he went to space on the Jeff uh, Bezos penis rocket. That's cool. Did you see that? No, I didn't. But yeah. that's neat. You didn't see? Wait, you didn't see that at all? No. Whoa. It's the first time I'm hearing of it. No, it can't be. That can't be right. If if I heard of it, Simon, I didn't remember it. Is all I'm going to tell you right now. Oh, okay. That was recently. It was like a couple days ago. Uh-huh. But it's pretty cool because it's like a full circle type of scenario. Like he was Captain Kirk in a TV series, and mm-hmm. he actually then went to space. And then he he was quoted on like the news or whatever talking about how like emotional it was for me. He was just actually, he was emotional in the interview about how crazy it was to look down at our planet and just kind of see how, how precious it is. Hmm. I feel like he's, he's into the whole environmental aspect, like environmental activism. And so, yeah, he's like, I, I hope that everybody can do this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then he's like, you know, like in a VR form or something like that. Oh. And he looks at Jeff Bezos and he's like, you can do that. Right. Bezos kind of just like nods. So that was funny. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's cool. You know, being an environmental activist and stuff, and then the amount of I, I imagine sending a rocket to space isn't the greatest for the in, environment. I was about to say that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put that out there. Uh, I I'm no environmentalist. Um, like I don't I don't study the environment or anything like that. But uh, can't imagine that's a good thing. Can't imagine that's a good thing. I don't think this is worth it. Like you're sending these groups of people to space and then they come back like moments later. I just don't think this is worth it at all. It's a complete waste of money and resources and rocket fuel, which is polluting the environment. Mm-hmm. So there's a great irony there that he's talking about the environment. When it when the amount of rocket fuel that was burned up to get there, there's no way that was environmental rocket fuel. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's more environmental. I don't know. But it just seems like this whole thing with Branson and Bezos and their obsession with going to space for moments and then coming back. I don't, again, I just don't get this. If I was a billionaire, I would spend my money on like, I feel like learning how to like live forever. How, how do we get transplanted hearts and various organs so that we can create ourselves a, you know, a Logan Wolverine scenario where we can regenerate cells or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. You just like invest in, but the, the issue with doing something like that, Simon, is you'd have to do like human testing. You know what I mean? But I mean, you're a billionaire. You could buy a bunch of humans. So what do you mean? There's always human testing in any of this. Yeah, but like, and there's people who are willing to do this, especially those who are about to die. Like, you, they sign a waiver. It may be a life-saving procedure. Transplants that would save their lives. Mm. I don't know. It's. A, I'm not saying that you're going to get there in a moment, but I'm just saying, why not dump your money into that instead of trying to leave the planet? It just seems strange. Like, fix the planet. You know, that would be a priority. Try to live for longer than you could if you had that much money. You know what I mean? If it's like just you have FU money. Yeah. I, I don't Fu get money. the yeah. idea of going to space momentarily and coming back. Who is that benefiting? The, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think it really benefits anyone except for the people experiencing that directly. And, you know, it makes uh, – I'm sure it makes Jeff Bezos feel good. Probably boosts his ego. So Yeah. And why does the rocket look so much like a penis? I don't know. 
the Blue Origin rocket. I don't know, man. Maybe it's a puzzling. Maybe the man likes a nice penis. Like, who am I to judge? It's very phallic. What's wrong with that? You know what it's I mean? The most phallic rocket I've ever seen. Anyways, have you seen many? We talked too long about this, Adrian. Sorry, do you have more to say about the penis rocket? No, I've just I was I just asked you how many rockets you've seen before. What do you mean? Like, there's like hundreds of movies. Like they go to space. Mm, it's true. You know, just a question. Lots of NASA rockets. Mm-hmm. Are you not like interested in space travel? Me? Yes. I, I just I I just know I'm never going to go to space. So it's like, why am I going to uh, you know use my very little brain power to study it? You know, if aliens come here, sweet. But I ain't going to space. So I see. Okay. Yeah. All right. I've got a couple uh, or really three show corrections that I've got to make. I made all three of them last week, and it's, it's my blunder specifically. I, I, we. It's our blunder. Again, my mistakes are your mistakes. Your mistakes are my mistakes. It's our mistakes. No, uh, you can believe that, but I really, I said them mm-hmm. on the podcast for last week on episode 67. The first, we talked about because Kenneth Stadelbar wrote into us kindly, like you can do, at spillfocuspodcast at gmail.com. Love you, Ken. And he specifically talked to us about how Jamie Clayton, actor Jamie Clayton, was cast as Pinhead in the new Hellraiser movie. Ugh, a woman? Yeah. I'm kidding. But regardless, he wrote into us about that. And I said that I didn't really see anybody really talking negatively, too negatively about this. That This isn't a thing that people re- were really hyped about the, the negatives of it. Because he was saying how how people were really upset that this had happened, considering that the previous actor who played Pinhead was a guy yeah. and he'd been in the role for years. I mean, I'm sure you can and, find, um, uh, find that sort of stuff anywhere. Like there's always a vocal minority, right? Like uh, there is, yeah. there are always people complaining and there's always a negative voice or an mm-hmm. opinion that you don't agree with somewhere on Twitter. Like that, that is a guaranteed yeah. thing, but usually it's like bigger than this. And I still looked it up afterwards and I found that this was again, pretty well muted, but I did find an article on cosmic book news that I think that, ah, my favorite website. Yes. And they specifically said something negative and they were calling it woke that they were recasting this role as a woman. Um, and are they wrong, Simon? About what? That it, that this isn't some sort of weird left-wing propaganda. This, 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 this woke culture just taking over the entire movie industry, Simon? You don't, you don't believe that? Uh, no, I don't believe it. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same page. In fact, you can listen to Kenneth's, uh, Kenneth's email on the previous episode, and he kind of gives a whole bunch of points as to why that's idiotic. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the pinhead's supposed to be androgynous anyways, so that it doesn't make any sense that you would care about this. And again, I find that it, my point was last week, and I kind of still have that similar point, is that it's majority positive. It is possible to find articles and people writing about this in a negative fashion, but I find that the majority of the internet likes the idea that Jamie Clayton was cast. And I appreciate that because stop the outrage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Stop the outrage. Yeah. Yeah, I went on too long explaining that. But anyway, the other thing that I made a mistake about, man, it was a world of mistakes last week. Last week, I specifically said we made that Dune Part 2 is already greenlit. That's not true. So Dune... The movie coming out on the 21st of October by Denis Villeneuve is specifically a movie that is a half piece of it's it's one of one of two essentially in order to properly adapt Frank Herbert's book, mm. the famous novel Dune. And so Dune Part 2 has not officially been greenlit, but it's like pretty much going to happen I think unless 
Warner Brothers is pissed off at Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve, yeah. I feel like they might be pissed off at each other. But Denis Villeneuve said this about the whole situation of it being greenlit, like part two being greenlit. He said, quote, The first thing was to prove that there was a beautiful popular movie that can exist. And I think that I proved that. Everybody at Warner Brothers and Legendary, they are 100% behind the project. They feel that it would need a really bad outcome at the box office to not have a Dune part two because they love the movie. They're proud of the movie. So they want the movie to move forward. And they still did half of it. So, you know, I'm very optimistic. Oh, that's nice. It's good. Yeah. That he's optimistic. Just to correct you real quickly, Simon, uh, as well. Uh, you mentioned that uh, Dune is coming out October 21st. The official release date is October 22nd. I know we're going to have the early screeners on the 21st and all that stuff. But again, the official release date is October 22nd. It's a mistake me and you just made I don't, together. I don't know if that's a mistake. Because mistake. what does this mean anymore? I don't know what that means. Movies come mm. out on the Thursday now. Where where do they not do that? I, mm. I'm kind of curious. In the States, they do that, right? They do that in Canada. So yes, the official date is the 22nd, but why is that the case? I actually wondered that for years. I love how philosophical you've been getting recently. Just asking the whys. That's not philosophical. I'm why asking is it that? actual genuine question. <laughs> why is that the case? I don't know, man. I, I'm not I'm – not, I mean like we are in the industry, but – we're not that high up no. in the industry to make the, those calls. We're not calls. in the industry. So, I don't know, We're man. Completely not in the industry. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thanks for your help. No worries. Adrian, last mistake I made. Only in Murders we in did. the Building does yeah. not end with... And, and hold, hold, the, hold the roast to the end. Only Murders in the Building does not end with episode eight. I said I watched the finale last week. Specifically, that is not true. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I watched episode eight, by the way, which had a great ending. I legitimately thought it was the ending because it was brilliant. I didn't question it. I wasn't like, that was an odd ending. I thought it was awesome. I was like, that's a great ending. It ended, Uh, but it didn't end. There are 10 episodes and only murders in the building with Steve Martin and uh, and Martin Short and Selena Gomez. How the turntables, Simon. I know. I made, I completely made fun of you when you said that you watched Ted Lasso episode eight. Even the same episode count, I'm pretty sure. And I think it was episode nine that I watched. Oh, whatever. And you, well, that's like even weirder. But fair enough. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, eat my humble pie. I made a mistake, and uh, I'm apologizing to any viewers out there. Although I don't know if I should apologize because I feel like I made your life better. You know, I told you it didn't come out, and now I'm telling you that there are extra an extra two episodes. So if you mm. did judge the whole situation based on what I said last week, then you'd be like, oh, wow, there's two more amazing episodes of this amazing show. Yeah. And there's no reason to be upset. You know, it's like if somebody told you that, you know, a meteor was about to hit Earth or just hit your house in like three seconds or like 30 seconds, and you're like, I have 30 seconds to live. And they're like, oops, no, it wasn't your house. It was a house in Australia and you survived. You're like, oh, thank goodness I lived. And then you get to live the rest of your life like, oh, wow, I have more of an appreciation for mm-hmm. life now. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, honestly, I get that one 100%, man. Totally. I feel like you're making fun of me, but I can't tell because mm-hmm. I can't see your face. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to respond to that. But on the topic of Only Murders in the Building, Simon, I actually started watching this show. Oh, and how do you like it? Do you enjoy it? Do you love it? Uh, I think it's pretty good. Like I'm, I think I'm on episode four, or I just finished episode four, and uh, yeah, it's pr- it's pretty good. It, it's quite funny. It's interesting. It's very intriguing. There's a really good mystery going on, and I'm curious how the show will resolve. It keeps on uh, drip feeding you additional information on this mystery, and uh, I'm excited to see kind of how it unfolds. Uh, you talked about it um, 
obviously in a little bit more detail last week and how much you like it and how it's essentially just about these three people that live in an apartment building in the apartment building a murder happens and they decide to start a true crime podcast to solve the murder and uh yeah i really like the premise and again i think uh, steve martin martin short and selena gomez arguably the most popular actor among those three do a phenomenal job in the show and i really like their chemistry it's interesting to see them play off each other and it's a lot more deep than i was expecting it to be and you know it dives into these characters these three main characters backstories a little bit further than i don't know why i just didn't really expect it to go in a couple of directions so far and kind of filling in these blanks and it's it's interesting it's 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 a lot more drama than I was expecting it to be. Uh, I thought it was going to be just pure laughs and pure comedy. And it does have a lot of laughs, laughs in it, but it also has a lot of like very heartfelt and kind of sad moments, even in the first few episodes. Uh, one scene in particular where I was like, damn, this is actually pretty rough to watch. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's quite great. And I'm, uh, if it gets better and better, I'm excited to keep on watching it. Cool. That's great. Yeah. Then let, let me know when you get to episode seven, just because I really do love episode seven and it's like unique it's a very unique episode it's kind of like a not like a one-off like the mythic quest episodes but it's definitely takes a different kind of turn for sure i appreciate yeah i'll let you know man cool just a a note for the audience only murders in the building is available on hulu or on disney plus in canada if you're canadian and elsewhere in the world i'm not sure hulu in the united states disney plus in canada and i don't know (laughs) other places for the rest of the world, but hopefully you have access to it if you live in New Zealand. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, we are the second most popular podcast in New Zealand, so I'm curious how they're feeling about it there. I know. I know. Yeah. I hope I hope they have access. Me too. What have you been watching, Simon? Um, I've, I've caught up on The Morning Show, which is the Apple TV Plus show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's quite good. Season two. I, I like I watched season one when it aired last year and season two is what I'm on now and it's very good. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. It's interesting because it's dealing with COVID. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like living with a real world environment, but it's not too focused on COVID that it's kind of, it would be kind of annoying. Like you can't escape watching it like so far anyways. I feel like they're dealing with it in just the right amount. And uh, it's kind of neat to see like a new show deal with COVID because mm-hmm. it, it's a different kind of perspective. Like, I kind of feel like I see the hospital side of things constantly. Like, at least that's on the news a lot, like, in terms of not having enough hospital beds and stuff. So I feel like if you watch Grey's Anatomy, I don't know. That season can't can't be the most fun. I think that's season seven, uh, 15 or... I don't recall. I think 17. Why aren't they on 17 now? So then I think 17 16? just released right. on Netflix. So I think that was the COVID season. Shit, eh? Yeah. Oh, man. So many more seasons than I thought. Okay, so 17. I guess they're on 18 now. Um, But apparently, Adrian, I don't know if you know this, but the new season of Grey's Anatomy is out of COVID. Oh, I didn't know know this. That's good. They decided to leave COVID for some reason. I don't know the whole background, but I was watching an episode with my girlfriend. I'm like, why aren't they wearing masks in this hospital? And then she explained that they decided that they they put a splash screen on with like a title. She described it as this. It, It was like a black screen with white writing and it said, we didn't want to do COVID anymore, <laughs> but that's not what happened. I'm sure it was more, you know, elegant than that. That's really great. But apparently they left COVID, that's which good. is kind of neat. 
They're like, we did we did what we needed to do with the pandemic. We don't have to spend another four seasons. God, please make sure it's not four seasons world. Get vaccinated, folks. Let's get out of this pandemic. I don't want to do this anymore. Me neither, man. <laughs> that was my crying on, on the on mic. Was that good? Do you believe me? That was really good, actually. That was that's fantastic. I was just about to say, Are you okay, man? You want to talk about it? I was just about to do one of my like sincere voice questions. But uh, yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> Are you an alien? <laughs> no. What do you mean? No, I'm a, it's like I've been training in the mirror for weeks. I'm a, I'm a fellow. <laughs> I'm a human as well. I'm a fellow human like you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've been, I've been listening to Rosetta Stone mm. and the empathy, the empathy language options. Yeah. How to show empathy? Exactly. Hello, my name is Adrian Pinder, and I really care about you. But not because not not because I'm from space. It's because I'm 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 just like. I'm a fellow human, like you, my friend. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. I bl- I completely buy that. Uh, great. The other thing I've been watching, as well as you, not you, but the Netflix series, mm. the hit series, you, season three. Mm. Yeah, I got you. You're you're gonna go. Oh me? Not today. Not today, Adrian. Okay. <laughs> oh, you got me, you son of a gun. You you beat me to it. You're moving too fast. Yeah, the Penn Badgley starring series. Where this man is basically a stalker and he kills lots of people. And it's it's a thriller. It's a thriller. Do I like you? Yes. Not you. That me? Me? I, I do like you as well, Adrian. But the series, you, on Netflix, I do uh, enjoy it. It's quite good. It is uh, is quite the thriller. In the first episode of season three, it went like right for the, the jugular real quick. Like, mm. I mean, they, they hit a lot of points, you know, in that one episode of an hour. So I'm pretty impressed with the way it started. It, uh, it feels like it didn't miss a beat. I'm always wondering when a season of any show, whenever I start the season for the first time, is it going to be as good as its uh, previous counterparts when mm. it's been a pretty good show? And uh, I feel like they've uh, they've done it. I've only watched the first episode so far, but I'm excited to see more. It just launched this past Friday, so we just watched the first episode. That's neat. On Friday, we record this episode of our podcast on a Saturday, just so the audience knows. I really want to watch you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, me? Uh, like, that's really creepy. Not you, the show, you, you silly goose. But no, I, I, I want to watch it. I think uh, I think once I finish Only Murders in the Building, I might switch over to you. I haven't seen any of the show. But again, uh, I, I I don't know. I'm kind of in the mood for some something like this, where it's like just a guy that's just a, a stalker slash murderer. I don't know. It, it reminds me of Dexter, and Dexter's coming up, so maybe it's going to get me in the mood for Dexter a little bit more. So I don't know. Cool. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. You're, you're going to watch that Dexter series, eh? Despite the fact that you, you absolutely despise that last mm-hmm. season. Yeah. You still want to watch that, you know, special limited, limited series comeback. I do want to watch it, Simon, quite a bit. Because I'm hoping the, – the main reason I want to watch it is I'm hoping that – are they going to fix what happened? Like are they – like what are they going to retcon? From the trailers, it doesn't look like they are retconning much. But my curiosity is can they write the ship – can they fix – can they make this show have a have an actual good ending, some sort of swan song of, of the Dexter series? You know what I mean? I'm hoping that's the case. I do, sort of. I mean, I don't know how it, how badly it ended because I haven't seen that last – Very badly. Season. I know. You've said. Yeah, you it's really awful. don't like it. It's one of the worst seasons of television ever. There's so many things that make no freaking sense. So many creative choices, Simon. It's ridiculous. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Yeah. 
Let's move on to the news, Adrian. We didn't watch a whole lot this week. We watched a lot last week as an example, but not this week. No. So let's uh, let's move on to the news. Speaking of things we should watch, I feel like I do want to see The Last Duel, by the way, and I still have a hankering for James Bond, but to watch James Bond. But anyway, yeah, kind of uh, kind of waiting for you on the James Bond front. Ugh, I'll binge him, Simon. I'll binge him. Okay. But I do want to watch The Last Duel as well. And then again, this week, there is Dune. That's coming out by Denny Villadune. And then there's also The French Dispatch coming out by uh, Wes Anderson. So I'm excited for both of those. Yeah, that's true. But we can't watch that because nobody in our area is showing that movie. What? So that ain't happening. That's what happened last time with Isle of Dogs. Remember that? Yeah. Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs. We couldn't. We had to drive to like... Some ridiculous theater, mm. fifty minutes away. We, I think we drove to like Oakville. It eventually came, but yeah, you're right. You're right. I totally did. It ever come that. to us? It did. It did. Like two or three weeks later. But we didn't go on the launch of that movie. We didn't come. We didn't go to the premiere of Isle of Dogs. No, we didn't like drive all that way for a premiere. Like we went weeks after it had already aired. Like mm. it already started in theaters, and then we drove somewhere far. It just didn't make sense. And then this is the same way. The the closest theater that's going to air it, I think, for us uh, eventually and very soon on, on November 5th is Waterloo Princess Twin Theaters. They're going to air it on November 5th. Ugh. So we can wait a little bit and go there. But it's fucked. Our theaters in Guelph are not. I wonder if it's going to play at like a landmark or an Apollo. I hope so. Maybe. Yeah, we can venture out to there. I doubt it, though, man. It's uh, I'm like if Princess yeah. Twins not doing it first, who is in a, in a way like when it's this kind of, I guess this much of an independent situation and Cineplex doesn't seem to do it like Landmark and Apollo typically from my experience they're kind of they still kind of stick to mainstream mostly because they don't have as many auditoriums you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah that's annoying that's frustrating we'll see we'll see we'll look into it okay. as the week goes on uh, but okay. Let's get on to that news then, shall we? Uh, fine, whatever. We got a lot to talk about this week. We didn't talk about it yeah, I know. at the top of our show, but we got uh, DC Fandom to get to, so that's pretty exciting. Oh my god, DC Fandom? Yes. Alrighty. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as Publication Variety reports, Network AMC has greenlit a Walking Dead spin-off anthology series called Tales of the Walking Dead. The new series will air each of its six one-hour-long episodes in the summer of 2022 and will feature characters both new and old. The Walking Dead writer Channing Powell has been hired on as showrunner for the new series, with AMC's The Walking Dead chief content officer, Scott Gimple, advising Powell in his new position. To speak to his excitement for the new series, president of AMC Original Programming Dan McDermott said, quote, The Walking Dead is a show that made television history and attracted an army of passionate and highly engaged fans. We see so much potential for a wide range of rich and compelling storytelling in this world, and the episodic anthology format of Tales of the Walking Dead will give us the flexibility to entertain existing fans and also offer an entry point for new viewers, especially on streaming platforms. We have seen the appeal of this format in television classics like The Twilight Zone and most recently Black Mirror and are excited to engage with fans in this new way against the backdrop of this very unique and engrossing world, unquote. Adrian, I know you're catching up right now or you're watching season 11 of The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. And I know you're a bit of a Walking Dead fan. What are you thinking about this uh, new series? Um, I... 
quite like this idea. I'm curious, like you didn't say it's a limited series, right? So it might actually continuously be renewed. If I'm reading this, I didn't read that. And if I did and I missed it, I apologize, but it looks like it's potentially can be renewed, but you never know. I mean, maybe they're looking to see how popular it is. They're only starting with six episodes, right? Yeah, exactly. But I I think this is a neat idea. I find it odd that they're comparing it to like the Twilight Zone and Black Mirror. I'm not too familiar with the Twilight Zone, but I know like with Black Mirror. They're anthology series. I know they're anthology series, but it's they're very different. Like each episode's very different in terms of like it's in a different universe almost. And they're exploring like very crazy ideas. And I don't know how crazy you can get with the walking dead realistically, like in terms of that sort of fan, those like more fantastical and, and, and crazier elements. But I think that's, that's not really what he means. He's specifically just saying that it's an anthology series like those series are. Yeah. I'm, I'm like aware. I, I he just could have said it, what if I guess, Yeah, but they're also in a different universe. So that's, that's mm. an animated show. Like there's not that many series out there that have anthology like, episodes you know what i mean yeah fair enough um but yeah i find that uh i find like this is a good idea and it's cool that they're going to be bringing in like old and new characters i'm curious what those like older characters like who they could be or if it's going to be like exploring backstories of you know some former main characters like maybe we can you know bring glenn back or do something like that i don't know maybe they can do episodes of just before you know the walking dead even Um, like, you know, the fall of man even started. I think, I think you can do a lot of cool things with this. And obviously you can test the waters on what characters are popular. If you're bringing in new characters and then eventually maybe fold them into the Carol and Daryl show that they already announced that they're doing after the walking dead ends or, or they fold it into, uh, I don't know, those walking dead movies, apparently that they're going to make or fear the walking dead, so on, so forth. Walking dead. This one's with a bunch of kids or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I, I quite like this idea. I I still need to catch up on Fear the Walking Dead, even though I really didn't like seasons four and five. Apparently season six is better. And I didn't bother watching that Walking Dead where this is the one with kids uh, one. For the listeners out there, that's the Walking Dead world beyond. Um, but I, again, I think this is a cool idea. And it's they're right. Like these are if they are just, you know, one hour episodes, you don't necessarily have to watch all the other shows i'm guessing with most of these episodes so it is a good jumping on point for new viewers as well as you know maybe viewers that fell off a while back and they're like yeah maybe i want to jump back in Uh, i'll check out one of these six episodes and see how i like it and maybe you know pick up the walking dead again whenever they dropped off back in like season seven or eight or whatever so again i think this is a neat idea i'm curious as to what they're going to do but yeah what do you think man um i like this idea only because so they did this with season 10. They had these extra episodes that they tacked on to the end. And it actually felt like an anthology series in a big way. Because um, each episode was very much tackling a unique, different plot than what they kind of were tackling for the rest of that series, mm-hmm. that season, for season 10. Like season 10 had a, a kind of a very structured purpose. And it kind of ran pretty serial throughout its run. And very it was very focused on the Whisperers. Um, even if they did a one-off episode here and there, there was still the concept of the whisperers and the, you know, we might run into them at any point during any of the episodes. But the last was it seven episodes? Do you remember? Uh, I don't recall. I want to say it was only like six. I think it was. Oh, I don't know why I don't remember this. I just watched it. Yeah, it was four um, or six. But yeah, there's a. It was an even number. Yeah, like the 
it was almost a little weird that they did it this way. Like they had a finale for season 10 and then they tacked episodes on it. I feel like it, it might've confused some viewers potentially, especially those who weren't, you know, up in the news now watching it on Netflix as an example, they wouldn't really understand. Wait, I thought that was the end of the season. That felt like an end. Why is it continuing? Mm. But some of those episodes are some of the best episodes, actually, in my opinion, of The Walking Dead that I've ever seen. And maybe it's just because it's fresh. But honestly, the Negan episode is arguably one of my favorite episodes ever. I agree. I just felt like that backstory that he was given. And uh, it's just amazing. I, I'm very impressed that uh, they did this. And it was the last episode, I believe, of that last anthology chunk of episodes that they released. And uh, I was almost like sad to see that be the last one, mm -hmm. but it definitely set up season, season 11, I imagine. And I almost had the instinct to purchase the season's pass on iTunes for season 11 because of how good that episode was. So, But you can't do it, Simon. You got to get AMC Plus, the subscription service add-on. Completely forgot about that. Thank you for reminding yeah, me. No yeah, I'm not doing that anyway. Good point. That sucks. I, can't, I still can't believe the forcing of that is so, it seems so egregious to me, but what do I know? Yeah, it's yeah. it's a little unfortunate, but uh, but yeah, this is what it strikes me as, by the way. And then they're saying they're going to do new and old stories, so I imagine they would do something like potentially with Glenn or something like that. That sounds really cool. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they could again dive more into. There's a whole bunch of characters. I don't want to start name dropping characters because this season, this series, I should say, has gone on for so long that it almost I feel like I could spoil it just by saying one character is alive or not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's weird. It's 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 in a unique position like that. I feel like I can talk about like earlier I was talking about oh even Grey's Anatomy actually there's a lot of death in that yeah. series too. But not as much as The Walking Dead. Like for obvious reasons. And if if there was more death uh, of the characters of main characters in Grey's Anatomy than there was in The Walking Dead, I think we'd have a <laughs> there'd be something yeah. wrong. There almost <laughs> is. <laughs> Thinking it's kind of it. nuts yeah. actually from what my girlfriend's told me, but yeah, it's pretty crazy, but um, but yeah, I don't want to mention it too much, but I, I do feel like, again, it's going to be completely new characters and they're going to throw some old characters into the mix, uh, to be mixed in with new characters. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the idea, but yeah, maybe they're going to use this, um, like one of those episodes as like a pilot for the Daryl and Carol series that we know is happening as well. So like maybe that's a good point. Yeah. When you mentioned the Carol and Daryl series earlier, I was thinking that's a good call out because I thought that would, might be something they do. And there are a couple other characters that I imagine that they might come back to that kind of left the series that I kind of felt like they might have an episode in this as well. But again, I can't say who it is because then I'd be giving away some of the plot of one of the seasons. But yeah. um, I know I think you might know who I'm talking about, mm -hmm. potentially. It would be cool if they dedicated an episode to these kinds of characters and then could move into movie territory or move into... Uh, back into the main show or what, what have you. Yeah, it's neat. Super cool. I'm on board, but based on how you talk about Fear the Walking Dead, I'm kind of I'm wary of it. Yeah. Let's just say that. I know that uh, Walking Dead, this one with the kids, like that's not reviewed well either. So I know. But apparently, again, Fear the Walking Dead season six, I think was reviewed quite well. I, didn't, I, I haven't checked that, but I remember the initial like few episodes, people were being like, oh, okay, this show's finally back. Um. But again, yeah, that seasons four and five of that show, such a disappointment. And I, I, I still stand by season three of Fear of the Walking Dead being one of the best seasons of like the Walking Dead franchise. It's interesting because we've talked pretty negatively about the Walking Dead throughout the 
our podcast and like the 60 some odd episodes that we've aired. Mm -hmm. And uh, we talk positively about it as well. But I feel like lately we've been talking quite positively about it Mm -hmm. because of our focus on that season 10. I really do think season 10 is like a shining example of a great season in The Walking Dead's history. Yeah, man. It's quite good. I I was impressed. I was like, wow, this has taken a turn. They focused on the right characters, as you said, on a previous episode. And again, it's just overall, it's really cool. They they have compelling villains that kind of had pretty great character development. And uh, and that last little chunk of, again, anthology-like episode, again, there's not much to dislike. I I really think that lately we've been talking pretty positively. And then a few episodes uh, back of our our show or podcast, Split Focus Film and TV podcast. You talked about how you're liking season 11. I didn't really ask you this. Do you still like season 11? Or are, you, are you caught up? How many episodes have you watched? Um, I am caught up to the current one that's on like AMC Plus. Um, I think I want to say that's season or episode eight or nine. I can pull it up real quick. Give me Whoa. one second. Oh, that was a mid-season finale, wasn't it? Oh, was it? I think they took a break. Uh, if I recall, I saw that briefly in, the, in like a news article. I might have been mistaken. You'll um, know better than me. Yeah, I watched uh, episode eight. So yeah, sorry. Did it feel like it was a midseason finale? Although you don't really necessarily know what a midseason finale or a finale feels like. Oh, coming from you, coming from you, Simon. <laughs> I look. You watch Only Murders in the Building. You watch episode eight, and you tell me that it didn't seem like that could have ended there. I will. I will tell you exactly that. I looked it up. It's funny. I actually did look it up on Wikipedia, but I think they hadn't updated the page. It was Wikipedia or some other place. And I, that's why I said that was the ending, because I looked it up. I'm like, oh, there's eight Well, episodes. Simon, that's why I said Ted Lasso episode nine was the ending as well, because it showed that on, like, Google a couple weeks prior, and then I just didn't check again, so. Okay. Okay. It's fine. It's okay. Look, I said, you can roast me for that. I, I, I made a blunder. That was, that was one of my worst blunders, I feel like, in the last few weeks. Yeah. Like, the Jamie Clayton thing was more of like a, you know, that's a, that was a, like a, a clarification. I did that for Ken, because Ken messaged me and said, hey, Cosmic Book News said this thing about how it was woke. And I was like, okay, I'll mention it on the show. My favorite website, by the way. And then the Dune thing, it's like the Dune thing's going to happen. If it doesn't happen, I think people would be shocked. Mm. But it could not happen, I guess. Yeah. So, but this situation with only murders in the building, I definitely made a mistake. That that was a disaster. I, I couldn't believe it. it. I was like punching myself. It's our mistake. I messaged you after. No, sorry. What are you talking about? I think it was Jimmy. Jimmy messaged you. Oh, I never read the message. Um, I ignore all of his texts. So no worries. Oh, but he messaged you to say that uh, I had made this mistake Mm -hmm. because we don't talk outside this podcast. That's why I I didn't message you personally. Yeah, of course. Um, Anyways, but real quick, uh, real quick, just to uh, jump in about Fear the Walking Dead. Season five was rated 55% with a 44% audience score. And then season six jumps up quite significantly with a 89% tomato meter and a 79% audience score. So again. Um, season six apparently got real good. That's great. We took a hard turn tangent here. I asked you a question about season 11. You've watched eight episodes. How are they? They're really good. Okay. Is it as good as season 10? Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess in, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Like it is a far more for, a focused story this time around. It's way tighter. And again, there's less and less characters that we're focusing on, which I really like. Um. But yeah, it's it's quite action heavy. I don't think the villain is as um, as compelling as season 10's villain, though. And to be fair, that's like really only we didn't even get the full eight episodes to build up on this villain, as opposed to with season 10, where it picks up. We had all of season nine to play with this new threat 
Um, so there was a lot more build up and and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I don't think the villain is as compelling. But again, the season itself is really great. I really like it. Cool. Yeah, that's great. All righty. All right. Let's move on to number two. As Variety reports, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association has officially set the date for the 79th annual Golden Globe Awards. As you may recall, there has been quite a bit of controversy surrounding the Hollywood Foreign Press recently due to a very obvious lack of diversity amongst their members and a perceived unwillingness to change their internal procedures. It got so bad that Golden Globe winner Tom Cruise returned his three Golden Globe Awards and host network NBC even ended up dropping the 79th Golden Globe Awards broadcast from their 2022 lineup. But more recently, the Hollywood Foreign Press has vowed to change and has made some significant strides in order to put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. They appointed German journalist Helen Hohn as their new president and added 21 new members with a distinct focus on diversifying their ranks. Whether a network chooses to broadcast the awards or not, they have set January 9th, 2022 as the presentation date. Adrian, we talked about this a little earlier on, I think around episode 50-something, mm-hmm. um, about the whole controversy with Tom Cruise taking his Golden Globes back. I would like to return these, please. And um, He did a reverse heist, like in uh, Mission yeah. Impossible. He did the whole... You know, slowly going down into the room instead of picking something up, he just put back his three awards and then just left. It's super cool. Yeah, they found them there. They didn't even. They're like, "Oh, how did these get here? These were for Tom Cruise." Tom. They called him up and said, "Tom, uh, somehow your awards got here." And then he just said, "I don't want them," and he hung up. Yeah. You better diversify your ranks, he exclaimed. That's what happened as he hung up the phone. Yeah, diversify. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. Anyway, what do you think about this whole situation? It's kind of an uh, interesting thing. They're, they're going to do the awards, but they don't have a broadcast partner at the moment. Um, I think it, this is good, obviously. Like, I think diversity is always a good thing in most cases. Um, and, you know, like, it's, it's, in, it's nice that they're, you know, actually making change. And it's great that these actors, uh, Tom Cruise in particular, you know, standing up for their unwillingness to change initially. Uh, standing up against sorry uh, against their unwillingness to change initially and you know uh, it all they're obviously doing something which is great in terms of it not really airing on any sort of broadcasting network I'm curious if maybe they'll just put it online I don't know which might benefit us as viewers if we do want to watch this but uh, yeah ironically yeah um, but yeah all in all like I don't have too much to say about this Um but yeah, I, I, I think this is a good change, realistically, and I, and I'm glad that they're doing something. Yeah, no, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I thought this was a, a neat situation. Somewhere they wrote how they're. I don't know where that is though. They they kind of I think they publicized how exactly diverse their membership rank is now. The membership rank. The membership is right now, like in terms their of membership rank is a rank S. What? Like it's like rank S membership rank. It's a video game reference, Simon. Like when you're playing video games, usually the ranking why system you... goes up to like rank S. Okay, but why would you make such an obscure joke on a TV and film podcast? Because you would get it. Okay, Simon, sometimes I'm I'm placating to you. Okay, not always the viewer. But it doesn't even make sense because the rank... And then you just bring it to a halt. You just have to bring it to a halt. 
Anyways, it was continue. at a halt because there's no, rank didn't make sense in that context. There was a blunder on my part. I said the wrong word and I tried to correct it. You made a, an obscure joke on a mistake I made that didn't make any sense within the, the English language. It was our language. mistake, Simon. Like I said. No, I don't believe that's true. My phone, once again, is not loading. It's got a classic problem where every time we start a podcast, it doesn't load shit. Anyway, I can't look that up. It showed like how diverse now their membership was. They had like, I think pretty sure they had a man in charge as like a white man as the president before. And then they had, it was like a lot, like a percentage of people that was mostly white members, I believe. Um, that was the whole, one of the big problems. But they also had to change their internal processes for, I think, a lot of these associations and actors and directors and, and, and some such in, individuals. They had to change those processes for those people to really care, to want to come to one of these award shows again, or to be to participate in it or to support it in any way. So I don't know if they've done any strides in that regard, but they've specifically made it so that their members are not mostly white people, which is good. Yeah, that's good, I guess. Which is good. Yeah. So we'll see how this goes. Kind of curious. But yeah, you made a funny point because like we can't literally watch this because we don't have cable. So (laughs) it's better for us. We could not actually watch it this year, which we didn't watch it last year. I didn't anyway. Because I didn't have access to it, and I'm just like, I'm not going to bother trying to find access every time there's an award show. The Emmys and the Oscars, we're going to probably make an effort for, because those are pretty big shows. The Golden Globes is like, I don't know, not second tier, but slightly second tier. And definitely second tier in regards to, like, respect, because people aren't even coming to this anymore. Um, but yeah, so that was that, that, that is an issue. And if they're on YouTube, or funny enough, if they're on Twitch, which would make no sense then uh, I feel like we'd have better access. Yeah. Okay. Number three. On Saturday, October 16th, Warner Brothers and DC Comics hosted a four-hour DC-centric event. The live stream featured many of the actors and creators that we have come to know and love from the DC film and TV universes, while also featuring an original theme song from DC Legends of Tomorrow composer Blake Neely. We got to see sneak peeks for the Dwayne The Rock Johnson headlining film Black Adam, the Jason Momoa starring Aquaman film, the Andy Muschietti directed Flash movie starring Ezra Miller, the Leslie Grace starring Batgirl film, and Shazam! Fury of the Gods featuring actor Zachary Levi. We were also shown teasers for various TV series like the CW's The Flash, Stargirl, and Batwoman, director James Gunn's Suicide Squad HBO Max spin-off series Peacemaker, HBO Max's Doom Patrol, the Bruce Timm-produced animated Batman Caped Crusader series, and the Ava DuVernay-directed DMZ limited series starring Rosario Dawson. The show was closed by a presentation from director Matt Reeves, Bruce Wayne actor Robert Pattinson, and Catwoman actor Zoe Kravitz, who debuted the second official trailer for their new movie, The Batman. Adrian, this was huge. This was a pretty big event. It was four hours. Jeez. And uh, pretty, it's some pretty great reveals in it. Um, what did you think about the reveals that were made? I imagine you didn't watch the actual event because I'm guessing you were at work. But um, in terms of the reveals, what did you think? Um, so no, Simon. I actually I was able to watch most of the event on my phone uh, because uh, as I led with the show, my nose um, was attacked by my dog and I went to the hospital. Um, so oh, I thought that was before work. Um, no, no, I, I got to, I got to watch most uh, or all of this event. Um, and oh, cool. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I think it's, I mean, a lot of the CW stuff I don't really care about to be fair. And, you know, like them just kind of diving into that stuff. They spent like 
15 minutes talking about, you know, Grant Gustin's new golden shoes and the flash TV series and stuff like that. So there was a lot of stuff where that I'll be honest, he did not spend 15 minutes talking about his golden shoes. I'm obviously being hyperbolic, but you know, like it it was, there's a lot of stuff that just didn't really intrigue me uh, in, in the star girl, um, you know, like trailer as well, where I'm like, I, I, I imagine the show might be good, but you know, it just, it was, you were just kind of thrust into this random scene with very little context. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So obviously like a lot of this show is catered to fans that keep up with these TV series and, and these movies and, and all of that stuff. And I mean, it's great. You're, it's literally called DC fandom. It's made for the fans. Uh, but for myself, I, I would, I could leave about 50% of what I saw. Now, the, the big things that I saw that I really liked were pretty much all the movie related stuff when they, 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 they let the show with um, the black Adam um, sort of announcement and teaser. And I thought it was pretty good. Like I'm, I'm quite interested. This seems like an interesting um, route to take it seems a lot more darker and and cooler and i i was a little bit you know worried that ah, it's just gonna be the rock like another rock movie but it it seems like he's gonna be playing this like big badass and i don't even think he says a line really in the trailer which i thought was pretty cool he just like crushes a man's skull and electrocutes is like <laughs> electrocutes him to dust i'm like ah, oh, that's pretty badass I'm, I'm i'm excited for that one uh what did you think about the black adam thing i looked really cool yeah, yeah. I like the fact that Dwayne The Rock Johnson states in it that he's going to change the balance of power. I hope that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one part in which Noah Centineo plays Adam Smasher was talking about, um, I think he was saying like who his favorite DC hero was. And he specifically said it was um, Dr. Fate because Pierce Brosnan is, I can't remember what he said. I think he said fucking awesome or something. He actually swore. It was like one of the few swears on the broadcast. Mm. But I just thought that was cool. And I'm very excited to see Pierce Brosnan in a superhero movie as well. So that's kind of cool. And we didn't get to see anything like that in that trailer. It was neat. It it kind of invoked a little bit of uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider Mm. a little bit. I was even going to, I was actually going to say like X-Men Apocalypse. (laughs) Like it reminded me of that a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In a bad way, sure. If you want to get to the like the a bad example of a bad movie that kind of is similar, but I feel like I was just looking at Sarah Shawhee, like the actor. I was like, oh wow, she could be at Laura Croft. Like she could do it. She could pull this off if she if she wanted to. Um, but yeah, I liked it. It was short and sweet, and I just like the idea again. If Black Adam is going to disturb the balance of power. I think that'd be very interesting. I just don't know. He's like, I deserve the balance of power in the DCEU. It's like, well, there isn't really a DCEU right now. Like, yeah. what is it exactly? Well, that's what I, I think. think. It's that, kind of a mess. I, th- I think the Flash movie is, is essentially that reboot movie where they're going to reset a lot of this DCEU universe and start bringing things together. I think that's what this Flash movie is obviously going to do. It's Flashpoint. And, you know, they talk about him like reworking the timeline and stuff like that in that flash. I'm going to start off Grant Gustin when he like starts talking about the flash movie and he's like, ah, like, you know, we wanted to show you some stuff, but we don't really have anything to show you. And like, we were going to make sure we were going to pause here for a moment. Grant Gustin is not in the flash movie. He's definitely in the show. Oh, sorry. Um, what's his name? Ezra Miller. Um, Ezra Miller. Yeah. And he, he like starts talking and he's like, oh, like we wanted to show you some stuff, but we don't really have anything to show you. Like we wanted to show you a teaser, but we, but we don't really have enough footage for a teaser and, and we don't have enough for a trailer either. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, are we not going to see anything from this fucking thing? And then it 
cuts to yeah, a teaser. Know, he doesn't know what a teaser is. Yeah, I'm like, I was like, what? And then yeah, it like cuts to like a minute and a half teaser, and I was so confused. I was like, what? Like, is this guy on drugs? Like, what the? F- <laughs> what is he talking about? Um, I was very confused. Uh, but that that flash teaser looked awesome. We saw two Ezra Miller flashes in one scene with um, is it Supergirl? Right, super Supergirls in this one. Yeah, 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 Supergirl. Yeah, so yeah. And, and we see like Tasha Callie, two of him standing next to a Supergirl, and then you know we see the back of Michael Keaton's Batman suit. So I'm like, oh damn, like this is exciting. And well, Keaton's narrating. Yeah, yeah, that that as well. And and again, like I was pretty, uh, I was pretty kind of like intrigued and excited for this one. And I'm like, this is gonna look really cool. Um, and Again, we we I think Ben Affleck pretty much confirmed him, confirmed it himself that he is also going to be in this movie. So I don't know. I'm very excited for this one, and I'm excited uh, to see what it's going to do to this DCEU and see if it might actually make a uh, like a interconnected universe finally, um, as opposed to you know things not necessarily you don't necessarily know what's canon and what's not sort of thing and like what's connected with what. Um, but I feel like this, this Andy Muschietti uh, directed flash movie that, that might fix all of that. And we might finally get everything to be a little bit more cohesive. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? I definitely don't. One would hope. Yeah. One yeah. would hope, but I don't, I don't know. I think they're embracing the lack of cohesiveness. Isn't that what they're doing? Yeah. With like the whole, like, Hey, it's multiverse yeah. stuff. Yeah. Jim Lee kind of said that on yeah. stage. I thought was interesting. I, I don't know. It, it's a, I don't like that too much. Like I do think that the cohesiveness helps their cause. It helps their business. So yeah. I, I don't really buy that, but yeah, I'm definitely excited for this. I found that trailer. It was good. The teaser uh, for the flash. I just, I kind of felt like it was, it was very low, little though. Mm-hmm. It felt like that was a bunch of filler and that it, they kind of just scrapped together what they had already rec- filmed. Yeah. Which is okay, but it's like to just wait maybe. I know you have to do something for this DC fandom event, but maybe wait a little longer. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like I, I can see where you're coming from. I don't mind that. Like I, I kind of like getting like a little teaser like this. I feel like it showed a little bit more of the tone and kind of what to expect. And uh, I'm definitely excited for this one. Uh, Did it? I didn't grasp the tone at all. You grasped the tone? Yeah. I don't have the tone. I don't have the tone down from that trailer. It's mm. that, that I feel like that might have been like shots that they shot for the trailer. Like I have a feeling that some of the shots won't be in the film. That's how scrapped together it felt like to me. I don't know. I, I think Michael Keaton recorded that for the trailer, the, the voiceover. Oh. Which I don't do yeah, normally. Possibly. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but that's not really normally what they do. I guess we will I guess we'll never know. Until the movie comes yeah, out. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just, uh, yeah, I, 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 we already knew all that stuff. We knew that Sasha Callie was in it. We knew that uh, Ezra Miller, not Grant Gustin, <laughs> was in it. And we knew that Michael Keaton was in it. But we didn't even get to see Michael Keaton. But we know he's going to be in it. So I was like, oh, they're going to reveal him. And then they didn't. And it looked like they were going to reveal the Michael Keaton Batmobile. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't. It's like, but we know what that looks like. Well, Simon, this is a teaser. They don't have a Batmobile, bro. They don't have a Batmobile built yet, most likely. <laughs> Well, technically, it's not even a teaser, according to Ezra Miller. It's less than a teaser. No, it's yeah, it's less than a teaser. I don't know how that's possible, but anyway. Okay, so you watched Aquaman. Did you did you find that you were excited uh, for the next like this Aquaman sequel based on what they showed for Aquaman? Mm, not really. Yeah, like again, I, I don't really like the Aquaman movie, but like it's nice that like yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen. T 
two is going to be, I guess, a little bit more in the forefront in this film. Um, like I thought he did an amazing job in in Watchmen, uh, which I really loved, and Candyman. Oh, Candyman as well. That, yeah, that's some, probably the most recent one, uh, or it is the most recent one. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Again, like I'll probably watch it, but. I'm definitely not on the excited side. What What are you thinking about this one? Uh, I was just shocked when they said that Aquaman was the top DC grossing film of all time. I was like, what? That's wild. That's what happened to me. I, it was, I think it was um, James Wan. That's his name, right? The yeah. director, Fast and Furious director and Aquaman 1 and Aquaman 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said that and I was like, what? No way. <laughs> I could not believe that. I looked it up because I'm like, they must be wrong. And I looked it up and initially I found that it was like the Dark Knight, but then it was beaten by Aquaman or the Dark Knight Rises and it was beaten by Aquaman 1. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Anyway, it kind of made me interested because I do really like, like I I find that uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen too, like he was amazing in Candyman. And I think that he was so different in Watchmen too as Mm -hmm. well. So I feel like the, the, him being as a, the villain in this sounds like that could be really cool. I don't know. I, I just have, I'd have to watch the first one. Oh yeah. You still haven't watched the first one. Eh? No, that's the thing. Oh, <laughs> that, that's like, I, I'm more shocked by this because you just didn't love it that much. And it just surprises me that it beat things like the dark Knight and even justice league. It still surprises me to this day that justice league did this badly because it's got a pretty star studded cast. Mm. I know that it was, kind of critically not loved but like the suicide squad like the first suicide not the but just the regular suicide squad movie the first one in 2016 that wasn't critically loved at all people hated it but it still made like 800 million dollars you know yeah so it's like i don't know what made people not want to go see these like the dc justice league but anyway um it is what it is but moving on um there's also of course leslie grace but they didn't really talk about that too much leslie grace is in this new batgirl film that's being written mm-hmm. by Christina Hodson. And I was just curious about this. Batgirl is Barbara Gordon, right? Uh, yes. I'm imagining that they are going to have Jim Gordon somehow in this movie. So you think it's going to be connected? So who is Jim Gordon? <sighs> that's the question, right? Is this going to be... I imagine, I, if, think... if they, I, I imagine if they're going to do it, they're probably going to bring in... J. Jonah Jameson again. Sorry, J.K. Simmons. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, they're going to bring J.K. Simmons and have this connected to that <laughs> yeah. mainline um, DCEU movie as opposed to connect it to I, the Rob, yeah, but, Robert Pattinson one with Jeffrey Wright. You know what I mean? Yes, for sure. I don't think it's Jeffrey Wright related so that I had the same instinct. But then I thought, well, they don't like the Snyderverse very much mm. over at the DC headquarters the executives you know despite the fact that people were screaming for the snyder cut they don't love it and it's funny because on twitter hundreds of thousands of people were calling for the snyderverse which i think is funny was trending today and there was no talk of it at all like it was completely ignored that it wasn't even talked about in a way like it did so well on hbo max like they were talking about you know Aquaman. Suicide Squad. Yeah, or Aquaman. But Suicide Squad, like the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad was talked about in a very, very positive light. And they had the cast saying, thank you. They didn't have Zack Snyder anywhere near this yeah, event, the DC fandom. So it's it's interesting. But I do like J.K. Simmons as Gordon because I think that's a very interesting take of this buff Gordon. I don't know. It's cool. 
I, I, I like that idea. And J.K. Simmons is great in everything he's in. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. cool. I'm just curious about that. I just don't have a perspective. And they didn't show us a teaser or anything. That was just kind of an interview with Leslie Grace. So it's neat. Yeah. Um, but moving on, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Did you have any th- uh, you know, thoughts on that? You got uh, Helen Mirren as the villain. Yeah, um, I'm I'm quite intrigued about this one. I quite liked the first Shazam movie. I thought it was pretty great. Um, it followed a very similar like Marvel formula, and you know, it was definitely more of a comedy than the rest of the DCEU movies. Um, and again, yeah, I thought it was a good watch. So I'm definitely intrigued about this. They're obviously bringing in you know, some big guns with Helen Mirren playing the villain. And I think that's quite wild. I'm super curious whether or how they're going to connect this with um, Black Adam, though. Like, I wonder if because DC started doing after credit scenes, I wonder if Black Adam is somehow going to have an after credit scene that sets up this movie. And then, you know, eventually, maybe after this movie finishes, Shazam Fury of the Gods will have an after credit scene and sort of set up their connection. Because as far as I'm aware, Black Adam is one of Shazam's biggest, uh, you know, rogues in in his rogues gallery. So uh, I'm very intrigued on how they're going to set up the future there. But all in all, like, I'm quite confident uh, that this movie is probably going to be pretty great. Like, they they didn't fail me with the first one so yeah no yeah it's uh, it's true I, I i like the first one well enough i agree with you it would be interesting to see black adam folded in but i almost want to see black adam folded in as like a thanos level villain mm. like you're tipping the balance of power so that means that shazam really shouldn't be able to take you right because shazam's not the most powerful it would have been superman and the last dc fandom the rock dwayne johnson specifically called out superman not shazam yeah, that's interesting. So that's what I would rather see. That would be a cooler setup. Maybe he can show up in a Shazam movie, but kind of beat Shazam. And then you can kind of fold in the rest of the Justice League, but they don't have the Justice League set up enough to make it worth that. Like, will mm-hmm. that happen? Because they just don't have anything. They don't have any skeleton in place to kind of have a Thanos level villain at this time. So I'm curious. I, I'm. That's why that whole thing with The Rock, it's like, are you just talking shit? Which is cool because I'm getting hyped for it. But I, if you if you don't kind of hold up your end of the bargain, it's going to be kind of disappointing. Like imagine Black Adam is defeated in the movie. Black Adam. Yeah. That yeah, would be kind of funny. <laughs> it would be. I do, I do still kind of wish for Black Adam to destroy the Justice Society of America, though. I just think that that would be a very entertaining movie in like the way of, uh, you know, the Suicide Squad, you know, fights that kills the Justice League type mm-hmm. scenario. Yeah. Like the big bad destroys the good guys by the end of the movie. That would be pretty interestingly dark that I don't think they've ever dived into on a feature film so far. Yeah. And yeah, that would be interesting. I hope they go down that road. I think that would be a neat idea. Uh, I think we're both thinking of like a very similar, like, like a show that did something similarly. Um, and if they could bring that into like a live action version, it would be like, oh, that'd be sweet. Um, I doubt this movie will be rated R, though. I, I'm curious if any of these movies that they were really talking about are going to be rated R. Because obviously, like on the back of the Suicide Squad, that being, I guess, the only rated R DCEU movie that was, I guess, theatrically released, I should say. Um, yeah, I don't, th- I don't think any of these are no, going to Birds be rated- of Prey. Oh, yeah. Good call. Forgot about Birds of Prey. That's a good movie. I really like Birds of Prey. Yeah, that's also written by Batgirl writer Christina Hansen. Making connections. Mm, maybe Batgirl will be rated R. Who knows? Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. Um, but uh, Peacemaker, the Peacemaker teasers. Ooh, 
What'd you think of that? that the was trailer great. and the special features kind of scene where they all kind of the cast and crew was talking to James Gunn. I really liked that. That I was like, oh, I'm excited for this one. Peacemaker might be the thing I'm most excited about in this um, upcoming like DC slate, except for, I guess, one one movie, which we'll get to. But uh, again, that Peacemaker series, I'm very excited about it. I think from the trailer, we obviously know um, the tone of the like of this series. I feel like it's going to be really funny and I'm very excited to see the directions it's going to go down. I, I don't really know what to expect in this series, which is something I'm most excited about. And it's so close. It's only in January, man. Like that's only a few months away. I know. But yeah, like, uh, yeah, I'm very excited for that one. It's it's coming up fast. And uh, I'm really hoping that we'll get it on Crave here in Canada, because then I will renew my Crave subscription and then watch a bunch of HBO and Showtime stuff that I'm missing. It would be terribly disappointing if it didn't show up on Crave. Yeah. That would be awful. I hope it does show up on Crave, because that's what I'm expecting it to do. Because otherwise, we just won't, probably won't get it here. Yeah. Like, there's won't, I don't think there's any other Warner Brothers you know, contract that they could, they're not going to make a contract with Rogers. They have one with bell. So if bell doesn't get this show, who will? Uh, so that would be frustrating, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess it's possible. No, cause it, no, that was a contract that existed even in the States. I was thinking sweet tooth, but sweet tooth is on Netflix everywhere. So that's just mm-hmm. not the case. Yeah. I think so far with these like HBO max shows, as far as I'm aware, we have been getting them on crave. Like I know, uh, what was it? Raised by Wolves. That's an HBO Max original. I know that's on Crave, as far as I'm aware. Um, and Hacks as well. I think Hacks is technically an HBO Max show? Question mark. As far as I'm aware, is that on Crave? I feel like it could you just be an HBO show, though, man. Hacks. It's on Crave, but it might just be HBO. Yeah. I think Hacks is HBO Max. Because I'm looking HBO Max TV shows, uh, Gossip but it's Girl not on the HBO Network, Raised though? by Wolves, Hacks, The Flight Attendant, Friends Reunion, Titans. But these are on HBO as well, though, are they not? They have to be. Um, I don't know. Even Peacemaker might be too. Yeah. Like the Last of Us series is coming to HBO in general. I think they're all coming to. I think any series, you're probably right. I think they're all going to come to Crave. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it would be shocking. I think if they didn't, I think they're all on on both the network and on hbo max mm-hmm. like the ones that are not in the films the films are not necessarily on the hbo network but they are on hbo and max as a streaming service mm. like dune the denis yeah. villeneuve's chagrin denis villeneuve's yeah but okay um other than that uh what else are you excited for other than like the big reveal at the very end um i guess quickly we can talk about like batman cape crusaders which is like the new animated series that's being produced by bruce tim um and i think jj yeah. abrams is a part of it as well as uh, matt reeves like that seemed really cool i yeah. don't know why maybe we've already had this conversation before but i thought this was like meant to be a sequel to that original animated series but it seems like this is kind of a reboot in the same vein of that original animated series and i forget who was talking i want to say it was bruce tim talking maybe how he's saying that like because of when they aired it and how they aired it back in the 90s that they couldn't you know show as much violence and go as dark as they really wanted to despite you know the show getting pretty dark at times and it seems like this show is going to go that slightly more darker route and still show a little bit more violence so uh, i'm curious about that one um I've seen a few of like the Batman animated series episodes, like a good chunk and like what I saw, I really liked. So I'm definitely into this one and it's nice that it's going to be for a new audience and 
I think it might actually be the right call to not have it as a direct sequel to that animated series, you know? So there's, there's no, it's just a, it's just a nice jumping on point. You don't have to, you know, watch all those old episodes if you don't really want to. Um, although I know that they they are very great. Yeah, they, they do look great. And um, yeah, Bruce Tim seems like a, a real pro and it's, it's fitting that his name is Bruce. Mm-hmm. He's so connected to Batman. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I like the idea that he said like, this is the, the nineties Batman animated series more so than the nineties Batman animated series. Yeah. Cause he can do kind of what he wanted, what he dreamed of initially, which is kind of what you just said. So yeah, that's very exciting. I I'm excited to watch that too. I, I think that's going to be good. Um, and Matt Reeves gets, gets to work with his buddy, JJ Abrams, which is interesting. I didn't know that before, but they apparently, I think they went to film school together or whatever, and they've known each other for years. That's cool. Um, but I think, um, I think Matt Reeves has a, you know, you know, he does a better job of planning for the future of films based on his uh, experience and uh, track record. I agree. <laughs> I agree completely. I was just thinking like Rise of Skywalker is a bad movie. Is that what you were thinking, Simon? Because I agree with that thought. Well, I, I feel like he kind of just again, we, we've talked about this a million times with J.J. Abrams kind of went into the Star Wars universe to direct those films without that's not really just his fault, but they didn't have a plan for the trilogy. Which is mind boggling, um, but in like actual all honesty and and uh, praise, uh, Matt Reeves did plan out. I feel like his two movies in the Planet of the Apes. I think he I think he might have had a plan because they did turn out relatively well. And I'd imagine that he's got a plan for the Batman in general, just because of the fact that he's starting a HBO Max TV series starring in Gotham, like taking place in Gotham. Like the Gotham Police Department. So it looks like the, he's got a pretty good map, theoretically. That's I, I'm praying anyway. Because that's the definitely the property I'm most looking forward to and was most looking forward to in this event. You kind of mentioned that you weren't super keen on the, the event. It kind of felt like it was 50% content that you'd like to watch. And I would tend to agree with you. I didn't... I get the the other content isn't like a waste for some people like showing the art of fans and the cosplay of fans and uh, showing the new comic lineups that are coming out and um, certain shows like from the CW. I get that that was for somebody, but for me, it kind of felt like filler. Um, And the stuff that we just brought up here is the stuff that we were arguably most hyped about. Mm. But my favorite thing for sure was the Batman trailer. Oh, I hated it. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was awful. It was awfully great, psych, Simon. Yeah, that was fantastic. That trailer was hype as hell. I really liked that. Yeah, it was awesome. It was fantastic. They they kind of showed more of the the way that the world was built. It just felt like an expansion on that 2020 DC fandom trailer, which was really cool. It, it really just felt like, again, it just consistently expanded upon that trailer. I watched it twice. Just I, I feel like I'm just going to watch it another couple times after we've done recording this podcast because it, it was really really remarkable and i'm liking what he's doing with this it looks really good and i really like the insight that he was giving when he was talking to robert pattinson and zoe kravitz uh, during the the, the presentation mm-hmm. about how like he realized that robert pattinson was perfect for the role and so was zoe kravitz based on the way that they kind of presented themselves in their screen tests mm-hmm. and uh yeah i think it's uh, it's going to be a different take that we haven't seen before for sure and it's, it's unique i like it yeah, this is uh, easily the thing I'm most hyped about, and it's coming out relatively soon as well. It's coming out in March of next year, which is which is stellar. Um, 
I know it was supposed to come out this year and then obviously uh, because of COVID and all that, it was delayed. I always think back to that first trailer and how it ends with that. Like, you know, it's like a two or sorry, it's like question mark zero question mark one. And then you're like, God damn, I wish it was coming out uh, actually this year. But I'm glad that they had the extra time to make the movie. And again, I agree with you that this, the, this universe that they are setting up with just these two trailers alone seem super interesting and what was super interesting too is that we saw like barely any of paul dano in this movie and we didn't hear him talk and there's this extra level of mystery to his character which i hope they will just reveal only in this movie as opposed to the trailers and yeah man i'm very excited about it again colin farrell is unrecognizable as the penguin uh, we see quite a bit of him in this trailer and it it almost seems like he's the main villain of the movie even though we know that's probably not the case and again uh, the way zoe kravitz and robert pattinson play off in those brief scenes in the trailer i'm like oh i really like their like chemistry in these you know couple of lines that they're sharing they have like a weird sexual tension as as i feel like there regularly is between batman and uh, catwoman so I'm I'm all in, baby. I'm very excited for this one. Indeed, yeah. Michael Giacchino is doing the score for this movie as well. Man, so excited! Mm. Again, I I can't stress enough. This has got to be my most anticipated movie of next year. I feel like I'm going to go back on that next week, but right now, I think that's for sure the case. I just think that, uh, yeah, Jeffrey Wright as Gordon seems like perfect, mm-hmm. and Paul Dano, from what we've seen of him in this trailer or his his narration, is amazing. I don't know. I just like the look and feel in, in total, in, in general. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. I'm very excited. It's going to be awesome. The only thing I think was a little weird and a little miss in this whole DC fandom, kind of surprised we didn't see anything about the about that Gotham PD show. Like, what's taking so mm-hmm. long to get this off the ground? Yeah. You know, we get like these, we got like a million and five CW shows, and then you announce a show that's really neat in the Gotham PD series, which was announced before Peacemaker, and you don't have anything? And Peacemaker is airing in January. Okay. Yeah. You think you'd have something like you'd maybe so. like if you're gonna are you, are you launching in the fall? Like are you launching in 2023? Because that's a long way away. It's just strange that it was announced so early. Um, I know they lost their showrunner and they had to replace him, but mm-hmm. Terrence Winter. Anyway, okay, interesting. Very interesting. No mention of Superman in the in the movie universe either, which I found weird. No mention of Superman. Yeah, because they made all those announcements mm-hmm. about that. That's a good point, that there was all these rumors that maybe it was going to be like Michael B. Jordan or whatever. Yeah. Uh, in that J.J. Abrams produced Superman series or Superman movie um, that was going to be written by Tenehisi Coates. Yeah, that is a good point. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened there. I, I thought that, that may- maybe this would have been a great moment to announce it, but they didn't do it. So, um. Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly did think we were going to see more of The Flash, to be quite honest, too. And I, I kind of, yeah, this was a good event overall. It's just, it felt like it was all gearing up toward the Batman. And I was just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting because there was nothing as earth shattering as that. Even the two games, and like I know we, we both play PlayStation or whatever, they showed uh, Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League and the other one, um, Gotham Knights. I don't find that they showed us much more than we already knew about each of these games, which seem to have been delayed. So mm-hmm. it's just like, all right, cool, it's cool, it's all good stuff, it's all good. But I kind of wish there was a bit, bit more for some stuff. Man, I agree with you. Super glad we got that Batman trailer because it was awesome. Yeah, and they made the right call ending the show with it because everyone's just going to be talking about that. 
Yeah, for sure. That and the Flash. Like, I think people are very excited about the Flash, but even Ezra Miller, you, as you described it, was very muted in his presentation. Like, it didn't make a lot of sense what he was saying. I actually liked the presentation for the Flash from last year better, and that doesn't make a lot of sense because there wasn't a teaser. Like, Ezra Miller was all hyped about this property, and he, he was just hyped about Flash. Like, he was more excited about it. And it's like, I don't know if he's just drained because he's literally filming right now or what, but it didn't, I don't know. It just didn't feel as hyped. As, uh, as it could have, I guess. I don't, I don't want to blame him. I'm sure there's long days filming. I'll blame him. Sorry, Grant Gustin. Grant Gustin on the set of Flash. My mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one. As Deadline reports, part two of producer Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe Revelations TV series will be released on Netflix on November 23rd, 2021 with five... 30-minute episodes. Did you ever end up watching the first part? I didn't. I should. Number two. As Variety reports, Dream Horse actor Tony Collette has been cast as a suburban mom who inherits her grandfather's mob empire in director Catherine Hardwick's upcoming film Mafia Mom. Wow. That seems cool. Number three. As Deadline reports, South Korean drama series Squid Game has officially become Netflix's most watched series of all time, with 111 million households having tuned in during its first 28 days on the streaming service. The Shonda Rhimes period drama series Bridgerton Season 1 now sits in second place with 82 million households having tuned in during its first 28 days streaming. Oh, okay, okay, right on. Good for Squid Game, man. Great show. We just released a Closer Look episode about it. Number four. As Variety reports, Ted Lasso writer Brett Goldstein, How I Met Your Mother actor Jason Siegel, and Ted Lasso showrunner Bill Lawrence are teaming up for a new Apple TV Plus series called Shrinked. The new series is set to follow a seagull... Oh, a seagull. Oh, a seagull. <laughs> That's good. Follow a seagull as a therapist. That makes the show 10 times more interesting, actually. It isn't what it says, though. Okay. The new series is set to follow, or actually, it is what it says, but it isn't what it is. <laughs> the new series is set to follow Seagull, as in Jason Seagull, the actor, as therapist. As therapist. Oh, I put the ah in the wrong spot. Oh, I'm an idiot. As a therapist who bluntly speaks his mind with his clients. That seems interesting. Uh, this is a match made in heaven, it seems. I'm very happy for that seagull. Lots of skill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Talk about diversity in the hiring. They're not even they're not even hiring different races. They're hiring different species for this one. Yeah, hilarious. Number five, as Deadline reports, Midsommar actor Will Poulter has been cast as Adam Warlock in director James Gunn's upcoming Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy 3. That's awesome. Cool beans. Excited to see this. Number six, as Deadline reports, the Netflix hit drama thriller series You has been renewed for a fourth season. Me? Number seven. As reported by Deadline, Network Stars' blind spotting TV series has been renewed for a second season. I didn't even realize the first season started. Sure has. Number eight. As publication Entertainment Weekly reports, the original Cowboy Bebop anime series is coming to Netflix worldwide on October 21st, ahead of the Cowboy Bebop live action TV series premiere on November 19th, 2021. Oh, that's fantastic. Maybe I'll binge it all. Number nine. As Variety reports, the John Krasinski starring spy thriller series Jack Ryan has been renewed by Amazon for a fourth season. That's wild that they're on season four. I only remember the first season ever coming out. I assumed it was just canceled. Number 10. According to Deadline, actor Jennifer Lawrence has been cast in Good Boys director Gene Stepnitsky's 
upcoming comedy film, No Hard Feelings. Cool. And that concludes the montage. Blah, 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 montage. I do feel like I definitely put into the montage, like, last year, the part about Jack Ryan being renewed for season three. Like, I'm almost sure of it. Well, Simon, I don't remember. Oh, I didn't even know that that show existed. I knew it existed. I literally said that I knew it existed for the one season. Yeah. Okay. All right. I wish you didn't exist. Fair enough. What do you got for me, Adrian? What do you got for me? I got new releases for you, Simon. This is for the week of October the 18th, October the 24th. That's a Monday to a Sunday, as it regularly is. And the first few movies that are coming out are coming out on Tuesday, October the 19th. Are you ready? Yes. In for a Murder is the first movie on this list, and it's a Netflix original movie. It's a crime story. Loving mother discovers many secrets of a small town while she's investigating a murder of a woman, Simon. Hmm. Was that written by me, or did I plagiarize that? We're playing the game again this week. I'm bringing it back. Uh, I feel like you took some of it, but it's written by you. Introducing Selma Blair. This is coming to Discovery Plus, actually, Simon. This is a Discovery Discovery Plus original movie, Simon. And it follows actress Selma Blair and her journey after she is diagnosed with multiple scler- sclerosis. Oh. Hmm. Was it me or not? Why are you thinking so hard? That you wrote that, yeah. Next up is movies coming out on Wednesday, October 20th. Stuck Together is this one, the first one on those days. It's a Netflix original. During lockdown in Paris, an apartment full of quirky residents must adjust to their new lives and each other. Uh, you wrote that. Okay. Flip a coin. Oh, my dog's howling in the distance. Flip a coin. One OK Rock Documentary. This is a Netflix original movie. Since they couldn't tour, these rockers worked to create an online concert that could live up to the hype of their in-person shows. Uh, This is something you wrote. Um, Just as a note for the audience, a few weeks back, Adrian asked me, because he plagiarized one of the descriptions instead of writing each one, um, he asked me to guess. And that's what we're doing here. Just to be clear. Mm -hmm. The question is whether he wrote the description specifically, not whether he made up the movie or, you know, something of the sort. The movies exist. Every one of these movies exists. But or do the question they? is, did he write the description? Or do they? No. The, wait, does one of the movies not exist? I don't know, man. That's up to you to figure out. So d- d- uh, did you say I wrote that one, that last one? The one OK Rock documentary? Yes. OK, cool. Found is up next. This is a Netflix original movie. And it's three young American women find out their cousins after a DNA test. You wrote that. And decide to go on a journey to China to find their parents. Yeah, the reason you wrote that is because a couple of reasons. But the main one is because it says woman. Three young American women. Not woman. Woman. As in one. Singular. Next. Okay, I can adjust that real quick. Yeah, well, you didn't copy and paste that, baby. I never said that I copied and pasted any of these. You'll have to adjust it. I said that I plagiarized one of these. Very different. Night Teeth is up next. It's a Netflix original. A young driver picks up two women who are party hopping, but he he quickly realizes that they're vampires. Yeah, you wrote that again. Okay. Now the rest of these movies are coming out on Friday, October the 22nd. Little Big Mouth. This is a Netflix original movie. Kicked out of his band and home. A playful guitarist takes refuge with a bookkeeper, her son, and dad. 
Is it possible to make sweet music together? Oh, come on. You wrote that. Simon? I did not write that one. That is the one I plagiarized. You have failed this week. You have failed the game this week. So we can finish the game. That is the one I plagiarized. Wild, eh? The way you're saying that, I feel like someone's behind me and going to shoot me in the head. I hope so. You know what I mean? Anyways. Or snipe me through the window. It's possible. You never know. Bergman Island is up yeah. next. You've, you've lost the game, by the way. So I win. So we're one for one because we played this twice now. I'll keep track. You have the advantage. 100% you have the advantage playing this game. No. Let's not be. No, I don't. Let's not be coy here. I don't. It's 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 fair either way. Bergman Island. Did you just sniffle through your hurt nose? Is that a broken nose sniffle there? Yeah. Oh wow. Incredible. Yeah, it's amazing what I can do with my broken nose. Bergman Island is up next. Uh this is confirmed by Apple TV, and I forget where I got this from because I just took a screenshot of it. So I found it on my on my photo library. So I'm going to guess maybe Movie Insider I got it from. But this is a video on demand movie, and it's about two filmmakers that search for inspiration on Faroe Island, where Swedish filmmaker Ingmar Bergman shot his movies, Simon. I see. Yeah. Okay. At the ready is up next, and this is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. It's a documentary following teenagers in El Paso training to become border patrol agents and police officers. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Next cool. up is a movie called Rhapsody of Love. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. It's a love story between an, between an event planner and a wedding photographer, Simon fascinating yeah that's how you and your girlfriend met what and no future is up next this is confirmed by movie insider and the apple tv app this is a video on demand movie after his f- old friend dies from an overdose a recovering addict returns home to reunite with his friend's grieving mother who he begins to have an intense love affair with wow sorry which one of me which one is me the event planner or the wedding photographer um I don't know. Uh, let's say event planner. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Next movie. The Subject. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. It's about a white filmmaker of a successful documentary that captured the death of a young black man must now deal with the fallout from his film. I see. Yeah. Ron's Gone Wrong is up next, and this is a theatrical release. This is rated quite well, actually. I think it was 85% on Rotten Tomatoes last time I checked. And it's about a kid who gets a robot named Ron in a world where all kids have robots. I think it's like a commentary on like social media and everything like that. Like what cell phones are doing to kids. Starring Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. Hey, he's the kid. No. No, he's not. Eh, agree to disagree on that one. He's the Anyways, robot. the last two movies that are coming out are two movies that we actually already talked about. And it's Dune which is coming to theaters and the French dispatch, which is also coming to theaters, but apparently not near us. The French dispatch, which is the Wes Anderson movie Dune being directed by Denny Villa Dune. I'm excited for both of these. Very excited for both of these. I'm watching Dune Indeed. on Thursday because uh, Simon, you bailed on me. Uh, so it's fine. No, you bailed on me. You bought tickets before me. No, no, you bailed on me. You don't no, know what you the future might have on me. We can, we can carry nope. on. It's fine. We're done. Nope. That's not the case. Wrap it up, baby. It's the end of the episode. You are incorrect. You are incorrect. You bailed on me, Adrian. I feel like that uh, accent is offensive, and you should reconsider doing that again.
So where is it from? The French dispatch, obviously. Is it? I imagine. I don't feel like that's the case. I don't feel like that's the case. You want to hear my best uh, impression, Adrian? Oh, no. (laughs) It's a good answer. It's a good thing you said no. Because it's not my best impression. It's Jerry Seinfeld. I know. What's the deal with you taking the tickets before you asked me? You just bought tickets. Did you leave? Are you gone? Are you, Adrian, are you there? I threw my headphones out for a bit there. Are you done? Um, done what? Your stupid impression. A solid impression of Jimmy Fallon doing an impression of Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Come on. It was incredible. Um, it was absolutely incredible. And I'd like to say to the audience, thank you for listening. I'd like to say to you, Adrian, thank you for joining me. Although you've just been chirping me. You've just been roasting me, I feel like, this whole podcast. You've not been very nice to me, okay? Well, you don't deserve it, Simon. You know? Sometimes you don't deserve it. So wow, that's not nice. That, that's again not nice. Again, it seems very on brand. Very on brand for you. So I try. Uh, I just like to say that audience members, you can subscribe to us, and it would help us quite a bit. It'll help us dearly if you just subscribe to us. Potentially rate us on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening. Um, but I'd appreciate it quite a bit, and uh, we're pretty much available on any podcast streaming service that exists in the world, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. So if you you know have a moment to subscribe, to potentially write a quick review, I'd appreciate it. Uh, maybe Adrian would, I don't know, if he appreciates much because of his brand of being mean. Um, but yeah, Adrian, do you have anything to add before I wrap this show up? Uh, well, Simon, you mentioned earlier in the episode that uh, The Batman is your most anticipated movie for next year. And you know what? Mine isn't actually. Mine is the Jurassic World Dominion Ooh. movie. Oh, classic. Yeah. Mm. I'm very excited for that because the Jurassic Park movies as well as the Jurassic World movies are all great. I really like the Jurassic Park movies. I love dinosaurs. It's great stuff. Cool. That's great. That's fair. Yeah. I accept it. I accept it. All right. Thank you for listening to the 68th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady. And this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Hey guys, it is I, Adrian Pinter signing off. And Simon did call me mean uh, this episode, but you know who else was mean? Batman and Batman v Superman, which is a really great movie. He was doing it for a good reason. Thank you. Take care and goodbye. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. I'm Batman. <laughs>